0: Gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, The Hood's ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 301, episode 301. Of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. We just celebrated our 300th episode a few days ago. So, definitely, definitely wanted to drop a back-to-back on y'all. Being that I was in such a good mood. uh, Dropping episode 300, which was my NFL predictions Episode, so I wanted to spin the block and speak about some other things that happened last week in sports that I didn't want to put into a long episode. So I wanted to spin the block and do a back-to-back episode for y'all. So this episode here, you know I gotta talk about Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. I definitely, definitely wanna speak on that. Uh I want to speak about some stuff in the WNBA. This MVP race is getting very, very intense. Okay. I want to speak on that as well. My Yankees are on a winning streak. Uh, I'll give my opinion on what I think about that. Um, Tennis. I want to speak on some tennis. The U.S. Open is going on right now. Baby girl Coco is doing her absolute thing. And I'm going to speak on that as well. And I'm going to get back to the Would You Rather segment. I'm going to speak on that. Well, not really speak on it. It's a question that I want to ask. I'm going to get back to that because I think the last two I think the last two episodes I haven't done a Would You Rather question, but I'm going to bring it back. On This episode, but first I got to talk about coach prime and I have to talk about the Colorado Buffaloes But before I do that, I just want to say this I told y'all well, in fact, let me not say I told y'all because I never gave a breakdown For this football game against TCU But I was a guest on three other podcasters That was pertaining to sports and i told all three of them when i was on their respective shows i can't remember the shows right now you know forgive me with this damn heat that i'm dealing with right now in new york listen i'm cooking up this episode for y'all in the lab hot okay the fans are not on because i need y'all to hear me very well you can't cook with cold grease you gotta cook You know what I'm saying? With hot grease. So I'm going to be burning up doing this episode and sipping on some water. I mean, I got the ceiling fan on, but that ain't really doing much. But again, on all three of those podcasts, I said that Colorado was going to pull the upset. I just had this feeling that Coach Prime and Colorado was going to go to TCU to pull the upset. And that's exactly what they did. 45-42 to I knew we was in for a treat When they scored on their opening drive I knew We was going to be in for a treat And As much as we want to give Love and props To Coach Prime Who is Deion Sanders for those that don't know His son Shador Sanders Is the real deal Okay Travis Hunter is the real deal. I remember when Coach Prime announced that he was leaving Jackson State to go to a Power Five, and I remember the backlash that he was receiving. I remembered people saying, oh, they're going to see what it really is in the Power Five. They're not going to be this good in the Power Five. They're not going to be this. They're not going to be this. They're not going to be that. Shador Sanders, in his first game as a Colorado Buffalo in a Power 5, set a record for quarterbacks, for passing yards in the school's history. In his first game, 510 yards. 510 yards is what Shador Sanders threw in that game. Four touchdowns, and the beauty part, he didn't turn the ball over. Now, there was some sacks that he had, which, you know, I felt he could have at least threw the ball away or took a dive or something with a situation where he didn't have to take the sack. But, hey, it is what it is. He didn't turn the ball over, though. You know what I'm saying? Dylon Edwards. And, again, as much as we talk about Shador and Travis Hunter, rightfully so, Travis Hunter, they said that he played almost 80 to 100 snaps in that game. He plays offense and defense, and he played about 80 to 100 snaps in that game. Now, I don't know how he was able to do it, but listen, that's a special player there. And I remember people saying, oh, this ain't going to pan out in the Power 5. This ain't, this ain't the HBCU. They're going to be playing a different level of opponents. And look what they've done in one game. Now, mind you, this is the same TCU that was just in the national championship last year. Now, yes, they lost some pieces. I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like they have their whole team from last year. But the point is this. They played against a team that was in the national championship last year. Went to their house and pulled the upset. And I caught it. I caught it. Now, I didn't think it was going to be 45 to 42. You know what I'm saying, but I think the game could have been out of reach on plenty of occasions. There was a block field goal that Colorado was a victim of. Then it was I forgot I forgot exactly what I think it was the third quarter. Colorado looked like they was going down the score, and no, 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 Their defense was getting ready to hold up, and a linebacker got caught for a roughing the passer. My dude, you had the sack, you had the sack. In fact, not even you had the sack. You had already a, you already pressured the quarterback. There's no need need to push him on the ground. Once he threw the ball and the receiver wasn't going to get it, just let him throw the ball. There was no need for you to even push the quarterback because once you did that, it caused the flag on the play, which gave TCU a brand new set of downs. And usually when shit like that happens, it comes back to bite you in your ass. And that's exactly what it did. TCU got a touchdown off of it. But for the most part, this game was nip and tuck the whole game. It was really nick and tuck, nail biting, all that shit. And I enjoyed every single bit of it. Being that it was the first week of college football and it was a televised game at noon and with Coach Prime, with all the hype that's been revolved around this team, this is how I wanted college football to start. This is how I wanted them to start the season. And we was in for a treat. They pulled the upset. And I'm telling you, again, I caught it. I even told my Uncle Greg, I said, they're going to pull the upset. they going to pull the upset. Halftime, he was like that nephew, you just might be right. I might have to change my pick. But the game was good. The game was good. The game was absolutely good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so well. And I love how Coach Prime got at the haters at the end of the game. At least the reporters, you know, at the press conference. Do you believe now? Do you believe now? Even calling one of them out. Trying to front like he don't remember what he was like. Trying to front like he don't remember the shit he was saying about Coach Prime. Now all of a sudden you don't know what he's talking about. Oh no. He kept receipts. He kept them receipts. And I love the fact that he's doing that. But see here's the thing. You won week one. You won your first game. Now you go home. Now you go to Boulder. For your second week, and you play Nebraska. you can't go there and stink up the joint, Coach Prom. Colorado, y'all cannot go home and stink up the joint. Because trust me, these same haters and these same doubters that hate the fact that y'all won week one, let y'all lose this weekend in your house. The floodgates will open up again. And I'm loving the attention that Colorado was getting. I'm loving it. Just think about this. You got Nick Saban at Alabama. You got Kirby Smart in Georgia. You got Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, who just lost to Duke, by the way. You have all three of these coaches, right? You have Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, which, you know, he's, you know, suspended for the first four games or three games or whatever. You have O'Day at Ohio State. And they're not even the talk of college football right now. The, The talk of college football at this present moment is Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. When you think of college football right now, that's what you think about. You think of Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. You're not thinking about Alabama. You're not thinking about Georgia. You're not thinking about Ohio State. You're not thinking about Michigan. You're thinking about Colorado. And when they won this game, I said they got to be ranked going into the second week. They've got to be ranked. Now, for some people, wait, they only won one game last year. How they get ranked so quick? I'll tell you why. Because of all the hype revolving around them. That's why. That's why they're ranked. All the hype revolved around them, lad. All the hype revolved around them. That's why, after one win, and again, they beat the runner-up for the national championship last year, who was ranked 17. So yes, they should be ranked. Absolutely, they should be. Absolutely, they should be. But this team played good football. They played good football. I'm not going to say great football because... They only won by three. I'm quite sure if you ask them, I'm quite sure they will say, you know, they, you know, there were some plays that they wish they could take back. But again, like I said, Dylan Edwards, who's their running back, played a played an amazing game, key play after key play. Whether it was not really running the ball, but more so receiving. Whether it was coming out the flat or coming out of a screen and running into the house for a touchdown. Again, like I said, Travis Hunter was key. Offense and defense made key third-down conversions. Even caught an interception in the red zone when it looked like TCU was going to score for a touchdown. He catches an interception. Jimmy Horn did his thing. This, This Colorado team is... Listen, Dion, when he came here, he said, We coming. That was his theme. We coming. Now that the season starts, the new theme is, Do you believe? That's the new theme. Who knows after the. Listen, if they get this win against Nebraska, he might come up with a new theme. But so far, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from this Colorado team. I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Xavier Weaver. Did an amazing job. And as much as we talking about. Shador Sanders. Let's not forget about Deion. Other son. Shallow. Who plays defense. We can't forget him. Nine tackles. Well 10. He had 10 tackles. Woods. Did his thing. Even caught an interception. If I'm not mistaken. So. I'm loving what I'm seeing from this Colorado team, but my only piece of advice to them is this. Just stay humble. Just stay humble. Trust me when I tell you, the college heads are not thrilled that y'all are the talk of the town. When you think of college football right now, it's Colorado that people are talking about. I'm telling you, they are not too thrilled with that. They are not too thrilled. So my only piece of advice is to stay humble. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't get too arrogant. Keep sticking to the game plan. You cannot go home to Boulder and lose to Nebraska. Because if you really wanna make some noise, you already beat TCU. That's a game that nobody really thought you would win, except me. I picked y'all to win. I'm picking y'all to beat Nebraska. Then next week, you got Colorado State. That's three games. That's three games that y'all should easily win. Because after that, that's when the test really comes. Because then you got Oregon, and then you got USC. So if you can somehow get these three wins... You already got one against TCU. If you can win this weekend against Nebraska, if you can win next week against Colorado State, if you can somehow get one of those games against USC or Oregon, man, oh man, oh man. If you thought y'all was getting hyped now, y'all ain't see shit yet. Y'all ain't see shit yet. So Coach Prime, just keep doing what you're doing. You know I'm a fan of you. And I'm going to support it. I'm loving what you're doing with this team. And they hate the fact that you're so charismatic. They hate that when you do these post-game interviews before and after the game, they want you to be all buttoned up like a Nick Saban. They want you to be buttoned up like a Kirby Smart. Do they not know who you are? Do they not know what pedigree you come from? Do they not know what cloth you are cut from? I am loving what I'm seeing, Coach Prime. Just keep it going. Piss these motherfuckers off. Piss them off. Because I am loving it. I am loving it. Keep pissing them off. Whew. Man. I need a squig of water after that. Ah. I'm just loving what I'm seeing out of them. I'm just loving what I am seeing out of them. But now, let's get to some WNBA talk. This MVP race is getting very intense. Very intense. A few weeks ago, I said, Alyssa Thomas was my front runner for MVP. I got to tell you, I honestly do not know who i'm gonna go with because as soon as i said that asia wilson was putting up numbers it ain't like she wasn't putting up numbers before but it increased and now stewie is ringing terror this season she has broken a WNBA record for single season points in a season she's doing her thing She is just murdering it right now on the basketball court. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Sabrina's out right now. So she's been holding the fort down for the Liberty. I think they're saving Sabrina for the playoffs, honestly, which is kind of sucks for me because I kind of need her for my fantasy team right now. And with her being out, you know, I'm losing right now because Sabrina's out, but that's neither here nor there. But this MVP race is very intense. Like listen, it's either Stewie, Asia Wilson, and Alyssa Thomas. Those are the 3 right now. Those are the 3 right now. And if I had to put if I had to give my honest opinion, if the season was to end today, who do I think I would give it to? It just might be Stewie. It just might be. It just might be because what she's doing this season is amazing. She broke a single season record for scoring of all NBA. All NBA for a season. And we've had some greats. Candace, Lisa Leslie, Maya Moore, Diana Taurasi, Tamika Catchings. Uh, Cynthia Cooper Cheryl Swoops Tina Thomas Thompson The list goes on When you think of a single season record For points in a season Breonna Stewart now now has that record Asia Wilson as well You can mention her in that conversation as well But Breonna Stewart has the record Not only did she break that WNBA record She's broken the record for the Liberty In her first season with them She's broken records, multiple forty-point games this season. She, she's, just do, she, she's just doing the damn thing. She is. I can't say I'm. I, I, I can't sit here and say that I'm that I'm surprised because I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Stewie was doing shit like this when, when she was in Seattle, so I'm not surprised by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm very much, but I, I'm I'm very much enjoying what I'm seeing from her. But yes, this MVP race is going to be intense. All three of these women are very well deserving. Very well deserving. Stewie, Asia Wilson, Alyssa Thomas, all three of them is very well deserving of the MVP award. All all three of them. Aaliyah Boston, I can't leave her out. I got to shout her out. Let, just, give her the, just give her the Rookie of the Year award now. Let's, let, let, let's not waste our time. Just give it to her now. She is the fifth rookie in WNBA history to record a 25-10-5 and five game. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists in a game. She is the fifth player to do that. And the other four, Candace Parker, Why am I not surprised? Diana Taurasi, Asia Wilson, and Breonna Stewart. Now, guess what? All four of those players are bona fide Hall of Famers when their career is over. Candace is almost at the end of her rope. She's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Diana Taurasi is almost at the end of her rope. She's going to the Hall of Fame. Asia, when her time is up... God forbid it's no time soon, it's going to the Hall of Fame. Stewie is definitely going to the Hall of Fame. So that's a perfect class that Aaliyah Boston is in. And this is in her rookie season. Her rookie season. Rookie season, and she's doing this. It's unfortunate that her team's not winning. But the upside is, is that she has a bright, bright future ahead of her. A bright future ahead of her. And I couldn't be more proud of her. Couldn't be more proud of her. I'm excited, man. Very much excited. I I am very much enjoying what I'm seeing out the WNBA right now. Now let's get to some tennis. The U.S. Open is currently going on the semi-finals of for the women for that matter takes place tonight baby girl Coco is in the semifinals. I gotta be honest with you this is the best I've seen her play since she's became a pro she's ranked 6 and for all alternative purposes there were a lot of people out there Saying that they would not be surprised if she won the U.S. Open. But think about this. The number one ranked tennis player is out. The number three tennis player is out. The number four is out. Number five is out. The only person she really got to worry about is the number two player. I cannot pronounce her name. Sabalenka, I think her last name is. Hopefully, I said it right. She's the number second player ranked. That's the only person she has to worry about. And if through the grace of God she gets eliminated, we just might. If if listen, if Coco and Madison Keys, if they both can somehow get through their semifinals matchups with a win. This weekend, we are on a quest for another African-American U.S. Open final. And I think the last time we had that, well, I can't really say African-American because when Serena went against Naomi Osaka, I mean, Naomi is not African-American. She's Japanese and Haitian, but she is black. But you get what I'm saying? You get what the fuck I'm saying? If we can get Coco and Madison Keys in the finals this weekend, we have a all Black women's U.S. Open final, and I'm all for it. I am all for it. But I'm loving what Coco is doing. Like, she, she listen, she ain't taking no shit. She had an issue with an opponent who was basically pacing around after every break. Mind you, you're supposed to serve the boy at a certain time. She's waltzing around. Being very unsportsmanlike, being very unprofessional. Coco went to the ref to voice her opinion, which she had every right to do. And then at the end of the game, the girl that she was going against tried to play victim. Girl, please cry me a river. Cry me a river. The fuck up out of here with that bullshit. You knew exactly what you was doing. You was being very unprofessional. And you lost for that matter. Then just recently, another girl she was playing. See, I didn't know in tennis. You weren't allowed to sit down during breaks. I didn't know that. Coco was eating her fruits and talking to the, you know, the the referee talking about she's sitting down. She ain't supposed to be. Then the girl immediately got up acting like she didn't know the rules. Now, for me, this is just my honest opinion. I'm quite sure these rules are talked about before you even go out there. I'm quite sure before this U.S. Open even start, before the tournament even started, I'm quite sure, you know, they might have had their little town hall meeting. The do's and do nots. What you should do, what you could do, what you can't do. No, no, come on now. Don't play like you didn't know this shit. So again, listen I'm, listen, I'm rooting for Coco. I am really rooting for Baby Girl. I'm really hoping that she gets her first major championship. She's won two this year already, but they were in majors. There were two tournaments that she won before the U.S. Open. I think one was in D.C., and I think the other one was in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. So if she can somehow win the U.S. Open... The last major of the year, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was this year or last year. I think she reached the final. I think it was the French Open. I think it was the French Open she made the final. I don't know if it was this year or last year. That's the closest she's ever got to winning a major. Well, I'm hoping that this year she closes this year out. Winning a major. So I'm hoping that she gets through her semifinal match tonight. And I'm hoping Madison Keys pulls the upset in her match tonight. So then that way we can have a all African-American U.S. Open Women's Championship match. I'm rooting for it. I'm very much rooting for it. Now. It was another thing I wanted to speak about when it came to Coco. Coco had a match. I think it was Tuesday she had a match. Yeah, Tuesday she had a match. She had a match on Tuesday, which she won by a landslide. I think she won 6-love, six 6-2. Six okay? The girl that she played, Jelena Astapinko, I think her name is, tried to make an excuse for why she lost. She tried to say, oh, Coco had the edge because I'm going to read to you what she said. She said, I felt like I didn't really recover from that night. I'm assuming whatever night she played, she didn't recover. I think it was better for her, the schedule, because obviously she played much earlier the day I played a night session. Well, let me explain something to you, Jelena, with all due respect. Coco plays every day. She didn't have no days off. You want to know why she didn't have no days off? Because not only is she in single matches, she's also in double matches. I mean, she's not in double matches anymore because... The double match that she, the double tournament that she was in in the U.S. Open, her and her partner lost yesterday. So let's say for the sake of argument, Coco wins her match today. Let's say she wins her match today. She's not going to have a double match tomorrow because she lost her doubles match. So ever since the U.S. Open has started, Coco has played every day. There's been no day offs. She's played every day whether it was singles or doubles. So if anything, you've had the advantage. Not Coco, you've had the advantage. And you went out there and stanked up the joint and then had the nerve to make an excuse for why you lost. No, we not doing that. We not doing that. You lost. Just accept defeat and keep it pushing. Don't blame it on, oh, she played earlier than me. I played the night game. Okay, guess what? She played earlier than you, but guess what? She played the next day when you were off. Now what you got to say? Coco, I, listen, I love Coco's response. Very professional. Very professional. It's definitely a valid thing, but also the Grand Slam tournaments are tough. I had doubles yesterday, and I have doubles tomorrow. So I get the feeling and the way of playing back-to-back I can definitely understand that point of view for sure. Yeah. She she had an amazing point of view. But don't make that as an excuse to why you lost. No. Coco just dominated you. It was that simple. Again, you lost 6-love the first set. You ain't even put up a you ain't even put up a fight the first set. You had unforced errors talking to yourself, having a sad face. The second set, you lost 6-2. It's not like you lost 6-4 and then you win the second set and then you go to a final set and put up a fight. No, you you lost. That match was over a little over an hour. It takes me an hour and change to get to work. That, that's how long it took... For that match. That's how long it took. Because I was able to watch the first set. Before I left for work. By the time I got to work. The match was over. In fact not even. I take three trains to get to work. By the time I got to the D train, The match was over. So don't make excuses. You lost. You lost to a better player. There's nothing wrong with that. You lost to a better player. Don't make no excuses. Because on the flip side, had you won, guess what you would have done? You wouldn't have made no excuses. You wouldn't have made no excuses at all. We probably would have never heard of this had you won. But being that you lost, you got to make an excuse. Nah, we not doing that. We not doing that. You lost. Accept your loss. Go back to the drawing board and try to get better for next year don't make excuses we're not an excuse business we don't do that here we do not do that here now listen, this is not going to be a long episode it's not so, you know, I'm trying to go at this quick so so Coco right now is the first American teenager to get to the U.S. semifinals in the U.S. Open since Serena Williams, and that was in 2001. That was in 2001, and again, 2001 September. I think y'all all well. I mean, again, y'all might not, cause I might have a young audience. But uh, September 2001 wasn't really a good year for us. Wasn't a good time for us. 9-11, that's all I need to say. But just for her to be in that class with someone that she views as her idol, she looks to the Williams sisters as mentors. She looks to the Williams sisters as mentors. The future is very bright for Coco. As long as she doesn't get cocky, as long as she continues to stay humble, the future is bright. So again, I am hoping that she reaches this final. I hope and pray that she reaches it and I hope that she wins. No disrespect to Madison Keys, but I believe you have a U.S. finals championship already. It's time for baby girl to get one. It's time for her to get one. But since I'm speaking of the U.S. Open, I might as well speak about the guys too, man. I mean, I don't really do the whole tennis scene as much. Listen. Listen, I don't listen, listen, listen. I usually don't watch the dudes because they matches be taking forever. Like, them shits be a damn movie. You understand what I'm saying? Like, them tennis matches be damn near three hours. Especially if they go five sets. Because with the men, their sets is a best of five. The women's is a best of three. You understand what I'm saying? So, listen. Listen, I want Alcaraz and Jokic in the final. That's what I want, okay? That's the match that I want. And I think that's the match that we all want they're the number 1 and number 2 ranked players in the world, rightfully so. I believe they had a championship match before the US Open. It wasn't a major, Djokovic won that. Djokovic. And then in the Wimbledon, which was the last major, Alcaraz won. I think we need the tiebreaker. I think we need the tiebreaker. So I am rooting for both of them to win their respected semi-final matches. Cause the women's semi- the, the women's championship match is Saturday. The men's is Sunday. So you know, we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see what happens. But I'm pulling for it though. I'm really, really rooting for it. Okay, before I go. I got to speak about my Yankees. No, I'm not going to raise hell on them. I'm not going to do that. But I am happy for them. Right now, we are currently on a five-game winning streak. We have won eight of our last ten games. Now, yes, we are not making the playoffs. I know that. I get that, and I understand that. We are not making the playoffs. We are 18 games out of first place in our division, and I don't even know how many games we're behind for the wild card. We probably what? Probably six, six and a half games behind? It's still time for us to make it, but we will basically have to win out the rest of the year We would basically have to win out the rest of the year, and we would need all those teams that's ahead of us to start losing. And I mean lose consecutively. But I don't see that happening. But I will say this, though. I am happy with what I'm seeing from my Yanks towards the end of the season. And this young stud that we got, this young stud that we got, Dominguez, this Jason Dominguez, a stud stud man stud i tell you i'm loving what i'm seeing out of him and he's only played a sample size of games i think he made his debut against the astros when we swept them over the weekend last weekend he hit a home run over there in fact i think he hit two home runs in that series he hit his he hit a home run in yankee stadium just a few nights ago listen i'm loving what i'm seeing listen we got a lot of young pieces that are playing right now. And they should be playing. The season is over. There is no playoffs for us. So let these young let, let these young boys play. See what we got going into next season. You know what I'm saying? So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Let's just end the season on a high note. Because there, cause there's, 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 there's no playoffs. Let's get that out the way. There will be no playoffs. Let's just end the season on a high note and then see what happens in 2024. We got one more game against the Tigers. Let's sweep them. Then we got the Milwaukee Brew- Brewers over the weekend. And then we got the Red Sox on the road. So if we can sweep Detroit and sweep Milwaukee, which is asking asking for a lot. Let's see what happens with Boston Because I'm quite sure we'll struggle that series Because we always struggle with the Red Sox We always do Unfortunately I hate them bastards And we always struggle with them It is what it is But uh Yeah I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of the Yankees right now The pitching has been The pitching has been impressive Our bats have been impressive but I'm loving what I'm seeing out of, this young, out of these young call-ups. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of them. And it starts with Jason Dominguez. It starts with him. But I'm I, I, I am very much impressed with what I'm seeing out of them. But uh, again, I don't want to make this a long episode. Like I said, I'm cooking up this episode for y'all in a boiling hot room. You can't cook with cold grease. So I'm cooking up for y'all in a hot room, okay? So, before I go, I have to do my would you rather. So with that being said, my question for y'all is, would you rather put ketchup or wrench dressing on everything you eat? That is the question. Would you rather put ketchup or ranch dressing on everything you eat? That is the easy answer for me ketchup, because I damn near do it already. I put ketchup on my rice on occasions, I put ketchup on my bacon and eggs. I put ketchup on cheese. I damn near put ketchup on a lot of things. Ranch dressing, I ain't too much of a fan of ket of ranch dressing. I'm just not. I'm just not. So, I'm going with the ketchup. Any day, twice on Sunday. So, with that being said, it is a wrap for this episode. Thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think those are all the streaming platforms. I think I ain't say iHeart iHeartRadio. Those are all the platforms you can find your boy on. You can find me on Facebook, Dre Day, Instagram, Dre Day Nineteen Eighty Five. Or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I was going to say Twitter. I forgot. It's not Twitter no more. It's called X. You can find me on X. Dre Day 1985. Again, thank y'all for your support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Thank y'all for y'all support keep it going keep it flowing episode 301 is done catch y'all on the flip side god bless peace and love your boy is out of here what up what up what up i got some bonus 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 stuff for you on this episode now in the past i was done recording and then I would sit back and think to myself, whoa, wait a minute. I forgot something. I forgot a key point. And then I would make it a bonus segment at the end of the episode. You know how when Jay-Z used to drop albums and he would give you a bonus track at the end. Well, you can add this to the list. This is kind of like a bonus segment. Listen. For the past, I want to say three episodes. I've given my assessment on the whole undisputed and first take breakdown. As, you know, I mean, I guess you can call it a rivalry, has now been in place. You know, Skip has his new team assembled. You know, with Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, uh Skip himself, Rachel Nichols on occasions, Jacena Anderson on occasions, stuff like that. Well. Earlier this week, we was able to see the debut of Uncle Shea Shannon Sharp on Undisputed with Stephen A. Smith. Now, listen, I have been I, I have been waiting for this since Lord knows how long. Um I look to both of those dudes as mentors, right? Now for me, I gravitate more to Uncle Shea than I do Stephen A. You would think, Stephen A, because we're both from New York, I'm from Brooklyn, he's from Queens, you would think I would gravitate to him more. I gravitate to Shannon Sharp more. And the reason being is because Shannon to me seems more of the humble individual, you know, whether watching him or undisputed or listening to club Shay Shay or whatnot, just how he carries himself. He's very humble. He's not cocky he's not arrogant he's not always feeling himself and shit like that steven is the total opposite the total opposite but hey you gotta do what you do you know what i'm saying it doesn't take away from what he's done in and on tv it doesn't take away from any of that i'm just saying i gravitate more to uncle shay because of the character and how he how he's so humble. Stephen A is very cocky. He's very arrogant. You know, you could you can listen to his shows, whether it's First Take or the Stephen A show, and you could just see how cocky and how arrogant he is. Sometimes, like, you watch it on the show, sometimes they laugh it off, and then sometimes I sit back and say to myself, nah, I can't laugh this off. This nigga is too full of himself. You know what I'm saying? He's too full of himself. Uncle Shea is never like that. It's pure entertainment with him. Pure entertainment. With Stephen A, sometimes it's entertainment, and then sometimes it's like, like, yo, my dude, for real, like, get a hold of yourself, yo. Like, you you feeling yourself too much. You too cocky. You too cocky. But that's just my opinion. But back to the show at hand. Shannon Sharp is only gonna be on first take Monday and Tuesday. Those are the only two days, right? You could also catch. Stephen A. on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay, which is a great episode, by the way. I think the episode was almost two hours. And I, I watched it, I think, last Friday I watched it. I watched it last Friday on YouTube. Amazing episode. Amazing episode. They basically gave a preview of what's expected on Undisputed, especially, I mean, Undisputed, on first take, you know, with the whole... Joy and LeBron debate. But I ain't even gonna lie to you, man. Uncle Shea had a slip-up. Two slip-ups, for that matter, on the first episode. The first segment. I forgot what the first segment was. I think it was something dealing with the Cowboys. And within 13 seconds, he made a mistake and called Stephen A. Skip. (laughs) I felt it to be hilarious, but, you know, Uncle Shea caught himself, you know, and Stephen, and Stephen A., I got to commend him for this, like, he wasn't dramatic about it, this, that, the third. He was basically saying, it's okay, it's okay. Which in reality, it kind of is okay, because you got to remember, you've been working with somebody for over seven years, right? And usually when they was debating, it would always be, you know the thing, Skip, You know the crazy thing, Skip? You know the funny thing, Skip? Like, Skip's name always came out of Uncle Shay's mouth. Always. Pause. I know that sounds crazy, but you get what I'm saying. So when you've worked with somebody for so long, which was seven years, and now you're back in that debate field, because he had about, what, two months off, two and a half months off from being in the debate stage, then when you get back into it, the first thing you're gonna initially think of is debate mode, okay, skip, which I found crazy, but you know, there was two slip up. He there was two slip up. He, there was two slips up. Two slip ups on that show where he made the mistake and called Stephen A. Skip, and Skip. I mean Stephen A. I gotta commend him. Like he did. He he didn't have an issue with it or whatnot. You know, they kind of laughed it off or whatnot. The next day, before the show even started, Stephen A. even brought some humor to it, where he had a sticky, a post up sticky, he put on his blazer that said "Hello, Stephen A." So it was it, it was refreshing to see that they add that, that they made a that they made some humor out of what happened with you know Shannon Sharp calling Stephen A. skip. But I will say this though, they have amazing chemistry together. Amazing chemistry like the chemistry that these two have together is amazing to the point where You read the comments and people were saying they hope that like people people want Shannon to be on there every day Because honestly, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping that he would want to be on the show Every day. I was hoping that he would be on every day but like Stephen they said he has so many other people on the show that he wants to give opportunities to. So I can't really knock him for not for him and Shay not being on every day. Cause again, you got right. You got Dan Orlowski on Monday. You know what I'm saying? So uncle Shay is going to have an opportunity to, you know, have words with him and Stephen A Tuesday. You got uncle Shay and Stephen A and whoever else pop up on Tuesday. Wednesday, you got Mad Dog, Kimberly Martin, possibly Swagoo. Thursday, you got Ryan Clark, Coach Herm. So many people on, like, it's so many people on the show. Me, personally, I would love to have him on there every day. I would love to have him on there every day, but just know Monday and Tuesdays will be my Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday will be my favorite days. Monday and Tuesday, because Uncle Shea is on there. And then Wednesday, Mad Dog and the lovely Kimberly Martin will be on there. So those three days are my favorite days for first take. Undisputed, I still watch. And listen, I love Keyshawn on Undisputed. I really do. This is no knock to Sherm. I love Sherm too. But as it pertains to Keyshawn, Sherm, and Michael Irvin... Who do I like out of those three the most? I would go with Keyshawn. I love his takes. I love how poised he is. You know, Michael Irvin. he's going to have his moments where he got to talk like he's in church, like if he's a preacher, which can be entertaining at times, but then sometimes it's like it wasn't necessary for this moment. You don't have to get into that mode every segment. You understand what I'm saying? But Again, the chemistry with Stephen A and Shannon Sharp, I I noticed that the first episode, the first day, aside from the slip-up where Uncle Shea calling Stephen A skip, every segment you can see that they have amazing chemistry together. So it's going to be dope to see, it's going to be dope to see them do this every Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be dope. It's going to be dope and I can't wait to tune in. I really can't wait to tune in. I can't. You know, I read something on Stephen A's page. Like, he has this thing now where he does a lot of trolling as of late. Very petty, if you ask me. Like, again, I just said all these people that's added to the rotation. Pat McAfee is also going to be added to the rotation. So aside from having Shannon on there Monday and Tuesday, you still got Dan Orlowski, You got Kimberly Martin. You got Ryan Clark. You got Swagoon. You got Coach Herm Edwards. You got Mia Kimes, who just signed the new deal, which is very well deserving. And I'm just talking about football. I ain't even mentioned the basketball ones yet. I'm just talking about the people that's going to pop up for football. That's six people. That's going to be on first take. Aside from Stephen A and Shannon Sharp. And then you add Pat McAfee. He's going to be on there every Tuesday alongside him and Shannon Sharp. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I read something where Stephen A posted it on his page. It says Shannon Sharp is positioned as a perfect successor to Stephen A. Smith on first take. Because, listen, who knows how much time Stephen A. is going to have on Undisputed? Who knows? We don't know. Like, he's doing so much right now. You know, he has his own podcast. Supposedly, he might want to get into politics. He, you know, again, I watch General Hospital on occasion when I know he's on it. So he's trying to, you know, broaden his horizons as as to being an actor or whatnot. He may not want to be on TV for long. So who knows? This, this right here might be an audition for Uncle Shay to be his successor on First Take. It says, Smith only has two years left on his current deal and is eyeing entertainment, politics, and acting. Sharp will get revenge on Skip Bayless regardless joining the show with an audience nearly three times the size of Undisputed. And that's the truth. That's the absolute truth. The absolute truth. I mean, I thought Skip was his brother. If Skip was your brother, why would you be trolling so much? But then again, that comes from being Petty. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stephen A could be petty at times. Very well. But, you know it is what it is. But again, the chemistry with him and Shannon Sharp is top notch. And I love what I see. I I I I love the chemistry between the two. And I can't wait to see it every Monday and Tuesday. I will definitely be tuned in every Monday and Tuesday just to see them go at it with certain debates. I also didn't do my shout out. So I had to spin the block and add another bonus for you on this episode. I want to give a shout out to LSU Lady Tigers head coach, Kim Melky. Got a shout her out. She has agreed to stay at LSU. She has a new 10-year deal with Worth $32 million. Listen, she just won the national championship last year. And for all attentive purposes, they are in position to possibly go back to back. Now, I'm sure UConn is going to have something to say about that. Paige Beckers has been cleared for full Basketball activity. Okay. She was out last year with a torn ACL. AZ Fudd is back for UConn. Aaliyah Edwards was basically the unsung hero for UConn last year. So Beckers is back. Fudd is back. I'm sure UConn lost about a, I think they lost two key pieces this year due to the WNBA draft, but they get their back with Beckers and AZ Fudd. Don't think Dawn Staley isn't going to be in the fold for national championship. Don't think Caitlin Clark and Iowa will not have something to say as well. So listen, I'm very interested in this upcoming women's basketball, college basketball season. I, I'm, ve- I'm very much looking forward to it. Not for nothing. Just like last year, I'm more invested in the women's one, the, the women's college basketball season than I am the men. I just gotta be real. But I gotta shout Coach Melky out because she definitely deserves it. She definitely deserved that new 10-year contract worth 32 mil. She deserved it. She deserved it. So yeah, congratulations to Coach to Coach Milky for that, and shout out to her. So there you have it. That is the bonus content for episode three oh one. Now it is time for me to go and bounce up. Oh no, one more shout out. One more shout out. See, we talking about contracts. We talking about extensions. It just so happened, I just talked about somebody that represents LSU. Now, yes, she did coach at Baylor. She did win a national championship there. But she's coaching at LSU now, right? Well, it just so happens that somebody else that played at LSU just received the big bag. And that would be Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. He has received a five-year $275 contract extension with the Bengals. The Bengals made it their business to take care of this young man, and he deserves it. He's deserved it. He has brought some spark to that Bengals team. He got injured his first year, and then the second year takes them to the Super Bowl. Okay, they lost, but he took them to the Super Bowl. And then the next year, they was one game away from the Super Bowl again. They had to take care of this man. Because in my honest opinion, I would have sat out until I got my money. Especially with you getting injured in training camp. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not seeing the field until y'all take care of me. So they played it smart by taking care of him the first weekend of the new season. They said, before our game, we got to take care of this young man, and they did. They gave him $275 million, and he deserves every single penny. So congratulations to Joe Burrow. There you have it. All right, that's it. The bonus footage, well, bonus footage. The bonus audio, the bonus content is now over. Episode 301 is officially done. Catch out on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day. And I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans... We're able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, and annual financial survey. Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will, with American Classic Agency, has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443 810 3 eight, four.